Hello and welcome to this, the 18th episode in this second series of the Rise Productions Irish Theatre Podcast. I am your host, the self-appointed cheerleader-in-chief of Irish Theatre, Angus Og McAnally, Artistic Director of Rise Productions, a freelance actor, more recently a director and a producer here at Rise. I am a 21-year veteran of the Irish theatre scene and a third-generation theatre maker. And as ever, we are coming to you live from our studios at the Irish Theatre Institute in the heart of Dublin's cultural quarter of Temple Bar and of course this second series is brought to you thanks to the generous support of the Arts Council of Ireland. Now as ever each week we bring you these conversations absolutely free of charge. Look at you. We've promised that we won't ever charge for this podcast because we are terrible terrible businessmen here at Rise Productions but of course we are looking for you to put your money into Irish theatre. Put your money where your mouth is. The whole ethos behind this podcast is to support, promote and celebrate all that's great about Irish theatre. And as we tell you each and every week, the easiest way to go and support is just to go and buy yourself some tickets to a theatre show. It is that straightforward, it's that direct, it's that simple. Go and get yourself some tickets somewhere close to you. Find a show and take a chance on it. Maybe something you wouldn't normally go and see. Maybe it's opera, maybe it's a bit of dance, maybe it's a comedy when you're more into serious stuff. Whatever it is for you, just get out there and get yourself some tickets. And you know, if tickets are slightly outside your reach at the moment, look at one of the crowdsourcing websites, the fundit.ies, the Indiegogos, all of those. There's often theatre projects over there looking for your support. Donations often start from as low as a fiver and there are always great rewards in return. And of course, you'll just get a nice, warm, fuzzy feeling inside that you are helping the world of Irish theatre keep ticking over. Now, as we also tell you each week, there's loads of ways you can support without even having to put your hand in your pocket. A simple one is to go and tell people about this podcast. You spread the word about us, we spread the word about Irish theatre, everybody wins. Go and tell people in person over a cup of coffee if you can, if you want. Or you can just share the link on Facebook or retweet it on Twitter or do something with it on Instagram or Vine or any of the other ones that I don't know about. Um, a simple one that you can do for us that's a huge help is to go and subscribe to this podcast over on iTunes. But for those of you who aren't using iTunes, these ones are all streamable and available for direct download over at riseproductions.ie. Do go back and listen to all the other episodes, both in this second series and the original series from a few years ago. They're really interesting to listen back to now, man. It's uh, it's quite a thing to go back and delve into the archives, I can tell you. Um, while you're over on iTunes, if you can, please do leave us a review or simply click to rate us on their five-star rating system that does a huge amount to help us in terms of chart positioning and stuff and man it's been great to see the chart positions over the last couple of episodes just shooting right the way up there top 20s and top 10s uh which given how crowded the marketplace is in terms of podcasts now versus five or six years ago when we were first doing this um it's no small achievement for something that is look hey let's face it pretty niche in terms of irish theater when you talk about you know global podcast charts um So it's really been great to get that level of support. So please keep doing that for us. Subscribing, rating and reviewing is a huge help for us over there. And of course, as ever, you can follow us on Facebook. We are facebook.com forward slash Rise Productions Ireland. And you can follow us on Twitter. We are at Rise Ireland. And it's been a fantastic week here at Rise Towers because we've kind of been in residence at the Fringe all this week as we are back in rehearsals for our remount of Christian O'Reilly's brilliant play, The Good Father. And it's been, you know, a really interesting week for me as director to get back in and tackle the show and to tackle it with a brand new fresh-faced cast. We have the brilliant Daniel Monaghan and Marie Ruan joining us for this 14-venue nationwide tour we have coming up uh, starting at the end of this month, actually. It's getting close. And it's been really lovely to get back 
back in the room because there's a whole new energy to the show and new takes and new insights. Uh, and it's it's wonderful to get to work on it and kind of be surprised by this show that I've seen, you know, I guess a, a hundred times at this stage, maybe, maybe even more. Um, so to keep getting those surprises, keep finding new stuff in it is amazing. And I'm really, really enjoying the process of getting back stuck into it. It's just... Every day we work on it, you just go, Jesus, it's just an incredibly well, soundly constructed play. It's, it's just, it's beautiful. I love it. I really hope if you didn't get a chance to see it last time, you get a chance to come and catch us this time. We are all over the country, all four provinces, north, south and west, and, and a good bit here on the East Coast too. Um, so do please, if you haven't seen it, come along and see it. And if you already have seen it, hey, we've got a brand new cast. Why not come and see it again? It's uh, It's the same production, but it's a whole new show. And so that brings us to our guest this week. And our guest is, in fact, our guests because it is none other than the brilliant Finbar Doyle and Jedda Debris, who are a phenomenal double act in the world of Irish theatre. Uh, two people who I have a huge amount of time for and a huge amount of respect for. I think they're fantastic artists and I, I love their style of work. I love what they do. I've gone to see a huge amount of the work they've put on. Um, I like their industrious vibe where they just get in there and get stuff done and make it happen. I'm a big fan and just grabbing the bull by the horns and, and getting out there and making theatre, which is what they do, and I love it. So look, let's get straight into it. Here we go. The brilliant Jenna Debris and Finbar Doyle. The wonderful Jenna Debris and Finbar Doyle. Welcome to the Jesus Podcast. How are you? Thank you. We're good. good. Yeah, we're alive, which is always a positive. It's always preferable to the alternative. It is. <laughs> um, excellent. I'm back with another double act. I'm very excited about my double act because uh, I like you as a double act. Have you done a double act before? Yeah, we did one first time around with Grace and Shane from Theatre Club. Ah. And this time around, we have done Jane and Siobhan from ITI. As our own so we are an exalted and esteemed company. Yeah. Um, and so, ladies first, because we are polite. <laughs> uh, take me back to the very beginning for you, please, Jenna. Where does it all start? Um, good question. Um, it all kind of, so I, I studied film um, in uh, Dunleary, so I kind of came from that kind of realm. And I suppose growing up, I grew up in quite an artistic house. So my mum is a sculptor, and so there's uh, loads of sculptures around my house. Um, uh, and we were always watching films, we were always kind of playing music and stuff. So it was kind of like that kind of a household full of weirdos. <laughs> um, and uh, so then I. Probably listening. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> um, and so then I. Um, I then wanted to do film I always wanted to, to direct and write and uh, so I went and I did Dunleary um, and it was brilliant and it was it was really wonderful I met a lot of really fantastic people we made loads of films which is great I <laughs> made too many films because I, I just didn't but my thesis was terrible okay. I, yeah I never did any any like um uh uh, written work I was really bad at essays I just I was I was really annoyed at, at the fact that I had to write about film and not do it which looking back now I mean you know that's an important part of it too sure <laughs> yeah um but yeah I ended up kind of doing a lot of um uh films through that and then um meeting Fimbar I met Fimbar through Dramsock in UCD okay um so I what happened was my, my uh, uh theater or my uh, directing lecturer kind of told us that we had to get to know a lot of actors <laughs> Which was probably the best advice that I've ever got because all of my friends are actors. Now. All the best humans are actors, I find. That's absolutely true. Yeah, correct. That's a scientific thing. That's not just an opinion. I, no, I think you're right. Yeah, there's big tests, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, so so I ended up kind of going to Dramstock to see all the plays, um, and and uh, uh, kind of getting to know all them. And it ended up that we weren't allowed in college; we weren't allowed to cast 
actors. We were like, they didn't trust us with actors, which is mental. In case you might break them? I think so. Okay. I think they thought they were like fragile flowers or something. Again, also accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I think they have changed that since then. I think they do work with Bow Street now, but before oh, okay. when I was uh, uh, there, they didn't, um, we weren't allowed to work with actors until like third year. But because I was kind of uh, so involved in Dramsock and so kind of going to all of their plays like a little creep, um, I knew them all and we ended up kind of casting actors anyway and and working with them and and that's how it happened so met Finbar through that and um then after Dunleary we um uh he ended up uh, getting me into theatre a little bit as well and so we kind of got into theatre through adaptation okay you know so like yeah writing and and performing that kind of intriguing and where does it begin for you then Mr. Dillon? It begins in Roebuck Castle in UCD, where I studied law. <laughs> um, I no, I, I never. I didn't train as an actor. Uh, I was always a very annoying, uh, chatty child who liked to wear cloaks and run around pretending I was Shredder. Oh, oh uh, wow! Was massively important to me. I was a big bad guy kid. I that, that Shredder specific. Yeah, man. That, yeah. Everybody you four turtles to choose from. This is the weird thing. Everybody in my family was assigned a character. <laughs> this isn't even a joke. Uh, uh, my mum was April O'Neill make of that what you will and uh, <laughs> um, uh, my dad was Master Splinter okay. and so on and so forth um, my, I think my granddad was Krang which, which, is, which will tell you how close I was to my granddad because I was Shredder <laughs> I considered him the boss um, but yeah no I, I, I did lot. I was always doing drama classes and stuff as a kid I was always a very kind of uh, uh, Outspoken isn't really the word, but just I was verbose. I was a loud and annoying, precocious child. And then I went to college. I wanted to be an actor, but we decided that I should have like a fallback. So I went to UCD to study law, went into Dramsock and the great years of 2006 to 2009, from which everyone from which 90% of Irish theatre currently operates from somehow which is insane and to various levels of success that's me I'm talking about (laughs) and um but yeah yeah and there is a huge generation of us there that really kind of just loved what we were doing and then I spent kind of four years in the relative wilderness just kind of doing profit share shows and doing not and I, I was very lucky they were all very high quality or you know I thought they were uh, I did a lot of bits and bits and bobs, and then yeah, um, I, I met Jeddah then, and we did a short film, which we'll probably never see the light of day. That film, oh my no, <laughs> <laughs> um, because it was it was very young. We were very young when we made it, um, and then yeah, and then I'd done a show in theatre upstairs, and uh, the idea came up of doing a one man show. And uh, Carl Carl Shields recommended the script Coverman, and we kind of he said, "Do you have a director?" And I said, "I know a director." <laughs> and and within a couple of days, we had we had sickle mood had sidestepped from being just a, a film thing to being a both theatre and film thing. Well, see, this is an interesting thing because I've I've spoken to Carl about this, and and specifically you and that play. So oh. I'd love to hear a bit about how that came about. Yeah. Um. Well, I was I've been acting for. What was that 2013 so I've been acting for four years on and off and I was working in you know part-time jobs I was working box office in the Tivoli Theatre and you know I was doing I was taking a few weeks off every couple of months to do a profit share play and yeah. then going back into the cycle and I was kind of I was like I want to actually make a fist of it I want to make a go of it and I'd done I'd done two shows in Theatre Upstairs as a freelancer at that point uh, this is 2012 early 2013 I did Delta Phase of Polish Theatre Island and uh, yes. 
and small box psychosis which Sarah Finlay directed yeah. and at that point I was like this is a cool space and um, I kind of wanted to but basically it, uh, as, a, as a relatively green young person I, I went to Carl and asked him you know what what would you suggest I do and Carl in his infamous Carl way said we have a slot in six weeks to a play and I said oh my god I said oh I don't know if I can that's pretty fucking that's pretty soon Carl and he said here's the script get it back to me at five o'clock give me an answer and I was like, uh, yes, here's Jeddah. We'll, we'll be theatre now. Yeah, so he called me and I was on set uh, uh, shooting. So I was, uh, <laughs> he called me and he was like, Jeddah, do you want to do a play? And I was like, what it, what's it about? <laughs> and he was like, it's about a weirdo in a cupboard. And I was like, okay. All right, all right. And he went, he went, it's in a really small theatre. It's like a close-up. That and is I went, literally okay. why I pitched it. Yeah. Yeah. I went, yeah, all right, let's 40, do that. 40 seizure theatre, it's like directing a close-up for 40 minutes. Yeah. And yeah. that was it, that was kind of the, the rest, as they say, is the history. Uh, we, did, we did five shows into you as a company in mm. a year. You see, now, this is where it gets very interesting, because how quickly off the back of that show... Actually, no, before we even go to the residency talk, let's talk about the process of making that show. I mean, for you to leap into theatre close-up though it may have been <laughs> how did it feel for you uh, jumping mediums yeah it was really interesting I like I really love both of those both of the mediums and I think they feed each other but it was kind of daunting kind of going in and going well I need to learn this I yeah. need to learn this on, on its feet as well yeah. and what what's really lovely is that we got the opportunity to learn it on its feet you know so I was kind of going I know having read the script I know how the script should be and I've seen plays <laughs> and I know how people should act with yeah. this script in hand so um, we made it uh, very um, uh, stripped back so it was it was a thin bar and a stool and a cupboard and that was it and it was a bare space and we like <laughs> at the time we were asked they were like do, do you want us to paint the stage or anything and I was like no <laughs> let's just leave it grimy and you know so it's it was obviously it was very green but but what was really lovely about it was that we surrounded ourselves with people who were really fucking good yeah. you know so we had Owen Carrick doing the um the lighting and we had um uh, Eva Feely doing the um set design and we had Steve Murray doing the poster and stuff so what was really wonderful about it was I felt quite safe being a new director working in a new format with these people that were able to go yeah that's good and and that's bad and you know give me notes does the grammar of making plays feel different from how you construct a movie yeah hugely yeah okay. um it's it's really weird it's it, I always kind of describe it as as theater is a lot more organic Okay. And and um, and film is 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 kind of contrived, but not in a bad way. Sure, it, it's you kind of find the organic moments in film within, and they're moments. Mm. Whereas in plays, it's a it's it's it could be a lifetime on stage. That's mm. all organic, and it just has to roll. And um, and so I think that's really interesting. There's there's a different kind of I have a different role within theatre and within film, but I do really feel like my work in film has influenced my work in theatre and, and the opposite way around. Um, so. Talk to me then about the fucking mental idea, <laughs> no other way to put it, of, of going for the residency, which I remember at the time, and I was ambitious and hungry at the time, and I was starting to make stuff at the time, and I was looking at that going, hell no, that's way too much for anyone to take on. Now, I guess the thing to point out though is how, I mean, look, Theatre Stairs is still a very exciting and groundbreaking space, but at the time particularly, it felt 
real zeitgeisty kind of it was a it, there was a certain magical energy around it and then you crazy bastards decided to go in and do a year residency what the hell happened uh, <laughs> it was it was pitched the guys pitched it to us after we did we did a second show that year Jekyll and Hyde which was within six months of Corbin and we kind of from my understanding we kind of stepped in for something else that had fallen through and then we stepped in to do Jekyll and Hyde at the uh, relatively late in, in, a, in a process and after that they um they pitched the idea of a residency and like looking back on it now it was complete insanity oh yeah because we they, they were asking us to write or to consider writing original work because they wanted to move away had from had you adapted Jekyll and Hyde for that production yes yeah, yeah. not particularly well <laughs> no, <but laughs> no you, it was solid it was yeah it was our first script that we had written yeah, oh, for theatre yes the theater, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, we'd written a short before that um but yeah, no. To write three, to write to write an original play for the first time, as it turns out, was incredibly difficult. Mm. To write three in a year was was almost was was incredibly difficult, but very rewarding. Yeah. Um, and to produce, uh, direct for Jeddah and for myself to perform in two of the three, and we were both working part time jobs. Like we were literally, I was working in a call center and funneling money from one show <laughs> to the next. We didn't do. A fundraiser, or we didn't do we, a fundraiser. Really no, we did year. We did one we, very we, minor we, thing. At yeah, the, we did at like the start a, of the year. Yeah, but beyond that, we've self-financed. I think each show was made for less than eight hundred euro, probably. Yeah, Jesus. Um, yeah. And we just, no, they were they were you know profit share, and our, our the, the great shame of us was that we, we we couldn't pay people as well as they would have liked. Yeah, but because then, the like, team and machine behind that was was unbelievable. Yeah. They were just everybody was so dedicated throughout the entire year. Like they were they were so involved in everything and they felt an ownership over the residency as well, which was really yeah, fantastic. Yeah. We had an excellent kind of rolling ensemble yeah. of designers that kind of carried through the three shows, which is great. Like yeah. I mean that you can you know, writing them and, and having the same director is, is one thing, but to have like a common visual uh, element that fed through us was was a, an incredible honor for us to have, you know. And it fe- it feels like, I mean, you know, we're talking about it as you know, it was a crazy thing to do. We took it on. It was we we made it happen. It was rough and ready. And we, you know, we maybe didn't have as much money knocking around as we would have liked to, but it feels like a proper residency. Like the the, the the curatorial through line of authorship, direction, and design that it was a cohesive unit through the year. Like I don't want to say like it sounds. Um, it sounds disparaging to say it was punching above its weight, but it feels like it. Not, so it's not punching above its weight, but that it was maybe greater than the sum of its parts. Does that feel like it's fair to say? I mean, yeah, it's it's we we worked really hard at it, but but, but obviously we were we were new to the whole thing as well. We had never done a residency. We had never kind of uh, we were kind of thrown in the deep end, and I. I, I think looking back on it, we were able to do it because we didn't know any better. You know, yeah, we didn't yeah. know that it was so da- it was as daunting as it was. Yeah, sure. Um, and and having that team in place was just it was is so invaluable. It was it was incredible. So we kind of we kept our heads down and we were like, just make the place good. <laughs> yeah. It's a noble effort. It's a noble yeah. aspiration. Yeah. 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 Um, it's funny because you talk about the kind of the current golden crop of dram sock heads out making waves and it feels like though there have been ups and downs and kind of like you know peaks and troughs and kind of the big uh, surges coming from dram sock it feels like the current wave even allowing for the Amy Hubermans and the um, Chris O'Dell's and all that it feels that for the first time since kind of the 70s it's like it's it's like it's as big as that gang that came through then and then equally talking about kind of going into theatre and make that kind of prolific thing of going we're just going to make a whole lot of stuff happen that to me has a kind of an energy of the early Marco Rowe and McPherson stuff that went on in the nineties. 
did, does that in any way ring a bell? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I would say the the, the best because like I've no formal training as an actor I never trained in any real way and the best thing I could say about drama soccer is that it, it, it if and I, I say this as someone who failed many subjects and repeated many exams and spent an inordinate amount of time in the LGs like it teaches you in a way to just kind of get on with it like the best thing you could say about drama soccer is that we were all just doing the plays for the love of them and it was just because we were having the crack and you would you would just some of us it would not be infrequent that you would finish a play and you'd be in the next week's play and you'd just learn the lines over the weekend and do it yeah. do you know what I mean and like the Monday Tuesday show would be a bit of a disaster but like by the Friday it would be another drum sock show yeah. like you know of whatever quality that would be so like yeah I mean I suppose like the weird thing I mean the a nice thing about TU is that kind of community vibe that we, that we uh we're lucky enough to kind of build around us, mm. uh, kind of fed into the, or for me, he's fed into a similar mentality. Yeah. Um, and absolutely, there's so many, like I, you can count that you got, we get high on this, you got Fast Intent, you got Anna Simpson up in Quintessence in yeah. Dundalk, you got, there's a, that drowns our generation are like, there's five or six running companies and then about a billion freelancers <laughs> on, on every end of the scale. So yeah, um, the, what was the thing? <laughs> well, you know what? What's really nice about it is it is the kind of learning on its feet and mm. and the allowing mistakes to happen. In like in in a small space like that, you can kind of go, you know, okay, the the blood pack burst and there was blood everywhere, or you know, you can kind of go for slippers, which is the first one, which is about a hoarder. It, the whole set was constructed with boxes. Myself and Finbar the night before went into alleyways in Dublin and found boxes yeah. and brought digging, them back. We were digging, digging trash out of the walls. Yeah, and I'm like there's something there. really wonderful about that. And it, it, I suppose we've carried on that ethic throughout our, our, our next work, which is yeah, getting our, garbage. Our garbage. Most of our plays are hot garbage because <laughs> those lights were very close. <laughs> um, yeah, I remember slippers and I loved it. Uh, I thought it was I thought it was a cracking show. Um, what, so as you went through that year of the residency, do uh, do you feel like you were you learned as you went with it? Do you feel like the kind of the progression between the few shows, or or even as you look back on it now, what are what are your takeaways from that year? Um, take a longer time to write plays. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> is, is the yeah, first yeah, one, yeah, yeah. but I mean, it was really lovely to to learn the craft of it very very quickly. Um, but we wouldn't do that again, and we gleaned a lot from kind of uh, learning what works and what doesn't work in front of an audience immediately. Mm. Um, but what's really nice is is knowing that and going actually it it's it's much better to take you know a, a year and a half or, or however long to write a play, yeah. and and really develop it. Um, yeah. Yeah, I would say absolutely, and also the importance of good collaborators. Yes, and good uh, having a, everybody on the same page of having a good uh, having a uh, exemplary design team and how that does an awful lot of work for you. I mean that. I mean that. Yeah, I mean that as a lazy actor uh, and as a writer, uh, that the common visual aesthetic is is a. Uh, is imperative and we've been very lucky we've worked with most of those those same designers mm. right the way through up until very recently yeah would you talk to me a bit about the process for you guys because it's kind of unusual that you'd have a partnership like you think about kind of you know a, a producer commission and a writer and then an ongoing relationship there or something like that but for you guys because it goes from initial spark of hey what about through to the closing like curtain call because with you as with you Jenna as writer and director and you as writer and performer a lot of the time that's 
a fairly unique through line through the process. So how? So just distill it down into thirty seconds for me, like. <laughs> <laughs> so how, how, how does how does it work? Um, I suppose with um, the writing aspect of it, we've kind of gotten it down to to uh, a process that works for us. So uh, generally, we'll come up with ideas, and then we'll have the idea, and we'll split it up into um, sections. So a lot of the time, the uh, the last few plays has been like six, seven sections. Um, and what we've done is, we, even if they're if, if they're not scenes, because a lot of them are real time, so it'll be kind of mood changes, and, and we'll mm. call them scenes. And so uh, I'll take scene one, Finbar will take scene two, and we'll write it, and then we'll swap them around. And Finbar will rewrite scene one, and I'll rewrite scene two. Um, so we'll kind of do that. And then by the end of the draft one, we essentially have a second draft, because we both of us have had our pause on each yeah. scene. Yes. Yeah, um, so it's kind of, uh, and like... It's always it's generally done and we live together. It's generally done in the presence of each other, and like uh, it'll be a case of like if you if one of us hits something that is sticky for us, yeah. we'll go. What do you think of this? Would this be what better is this? And if if it's if you give it a robust enough of a defense, it stays. Yeah. And if you're going like yeah, it's fine, then it can be changed or modified or cut. And that's yeah, it is exactly what Jen said. It is essentially having a second draft happening live, which is great because. Uh, you know, it's it's. Uh, I think we've we've come to a. We have very similar tastes. I think would be yeah. would be an understatement, perhaps, to say that. <laughs> um, and so we kind of we we very rarely disagree in terms of the media we consume as as inspiration. Which is not to say that we don't disagree. We do frequently and and, and respectfully and all that. <laughs> I'll kill you, <laughs> murder. But, um, uh, yeah. So it's it's. It is interesting. The one uh, one thing I find difficult more so than Jedi does is killing the writer in the room. Yeah. Uh, once we get because I there were several points during the TU shows and even during during more recently Tristan I was rehearsing it, saying it, going, "Can we fix this actually?" Because I don't think that's working now as an actor. And Jedi will frequently say, "No, it's not your script anymore. It's gone." Yeah, it's, it's, it's the writer. It's the writer. He's yeah. not here. He's yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You know, it's, I, we think it's uh, well. I certainly think it's very, very important to kill the writer at a certain point. But, it, but uh, especially with new writing, because I've worked a lot with new writing, so um, I find it handy to keep the script script unlocked for maybe the first week of rehearsals. Because yeah. because and and this is uh, after going through. So through our drafts, we will a lot of the time write for actors and get the actors in and cast early and do readings with them so yeah. that that the um so that the dialogue and the music of the dialogue is alive in the actors mouths from very early on yeah. um and then after that so we kind of have that and we're working with that and then after that within the first week of rehearsals uh, the script should be unlocked um, and we should be able to move it and change it with blocking because blocking changes things mm-hmm. and stuff and then by the start of the second week generally we lock the script we kill the writer yeah um and then in terms of that very collaborative process of writing in terms of ownership of it then and I mean kind of it, it, does it become a point where you go where you lose track of whose particular idea it oh definitely yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 and it becomes 100%. a very like a genuinely truly co-authored piece oh yeah, yeah. totally least, uh, yeah we'll, I, I wouldn't be able to pick out one monologue yeah. that I wrote I will frequently yeah. misremember I, I frequently will say something like that's that I'm, that was my idea and generally <laughs> go no it's not yeah, and, yeah. and look, I genuinely, for the most part, won't really remember who wrote what. No, generally, if you look through through the scripts, there's no one line that doesn't have either of our paws on it. Really? Yeah. Mm, yeah. 
that. And like, we're, and like, this is, I mean, no, this is what we're talking about. I don't want to sound overly wanky, but like, we are talking about the process. Like, we're very, very particular uh, about what, the, when, because we recently had a, a Trist was published for the first time. And, uh, or no, no, not for the first time. <laughs> we were published for the first time with Trist, which was a incredible and, and, and uh, bucket list honor. Oh, um, unbelievable. Uh, and yeah, we were given a proof to read it and sent back to the to the publishers, and we which get, was terrifying. Which was terrifying, yeah, terrifying in and of itself. But I remember we sent back about four pages, of, which was all commas and dashes and dot 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 ellipses. Yeah, because we have a, when we read the script, like we, I kind of uh, one our, our major influences dialogue wise would be like Pinter, Mamish, Alby, mm. uh, fucking Bob, you know. Uh, Bridge, yeah, 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 Vicky Jones, Vicky Jones, yeah, 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 all that kind of really modern, snappy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like we're in our heads, each of those things, like a dash, a slash, and a dot, 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 mean different things. So we had to kind of to fix the proof. We were like, no, for the if God forbid for anybody that the play is ever performed by anybody else, <laughs> that that it's that it's clear. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's we were very meticulous about that. And they think that's really handy coming from. And having an actor in the room while writing yeah. and having actors uh, be involved in readings and, and stuff, it really, it's really helpful and it really adds to that punctuation where it's like it needs to, it, it, it's not prose. It yeah. only works in the room, you know. Mm. That's fascinating because, I mean, that's, you're in Tom Murphy territory there where a, a dash is a dash, not a comma, not a exactly. not a pause, yeah, yeah, not a yeah. whatever. Um, Aspiring to be. Aspiring, yeah, no, yeah, we're nowhere near Tom Murphy. Jesus, you've got some time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you've got some time. Um, so, so then, once we have the text generated as such, you know, okay, so we talk, we we kill the writer in the room. Uh, is it weird to receive a note from a director of a play that you have written? Because clearly your interpretation of the performance must be perfect in every way. Because you are <laughs> so in, in tune with the thing. No, I mean, like, how, how does that then play out in the room? Good That's question, Tony. Uh, <laughs> uh, you, know, you know, honestly, um, not really. Like I've, 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 I've been working with Jenna a long time and our working together as actor-director predates our, our writing. Um and predates our dating. Hey. <laughs> um, but um, no, I, I, I kind of, I've, we're working together nearly 10 years now. Yeah. And like I inherently just try, I think she's, a, I'm, I'm going to blow smoke up her ass, but I just think you're, she's a great director. And like I trust her opinion more so than I trust my own. And that's saying a lot. Yeah. I'm an opinionated person. I, um, I really had no <laughs> um, But yeah, no, I, 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 I don't think we've, we've had one or two kind of, disagreements and interpretation but nothing it's only if it's very specific that I might fight a case yeah. generally speaking not really I think in, in general terms good actors when they know they're working with a good director trust the process oh, and trust absolutely. the outside eye oh that's it that's why you need it you know I I, I, I don't think I, one thing I'm, that always fascinates me is that as actors directing productions with themselves in them yeah. and and I the, the idea of it terrifies me because I don't trust myself mm. I always need a some form of outside eye. I mean, like I'm not saying all actors need it, but I feel more, most comfortable operating with with it. Yeah, I mean, certainly for me at the moment, like with my career as actor, that's fine. My career as director, parallel to that, that's fine. Me directing myself, I think, will be a recipe for fucking. Absolutely, yeah, it would be. Sure. Uh, I think I'll just be center stage for a lot of this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just yeah, yeah. Like, the footlights um, are mine. You must find what light you can. <laughs> um, so, what's the process like for you then? Because clearly, you know the script inside out by the time you walk in. 
But then how does it feel to, to piece it together in the room? It's, it's really interesting and, and I try not to think that I know the script inside out. So when I go into the room I, 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 and, and the best thing about it is the, the actors are going to give me a completely different perspective because they haven't been writing with me and uh, apart from this guy. Um, and yeah, that's, I think that's, it, it's a joy to be able to do that because they will give me different perspectives on, on, on it and I want to be able to, to stay open to that and, and alive to that. Um, and I think that's imperative so, so I myself have to kill the writer a lot. Um, having said that like like with myself and Finbar when we are in the room I would tend to push Finbar potentially harder than I would any other actor just because of the fact that I know him well and I know him as an actor well um so I can tell when he's being lazy and I think Finbar's the same that he can tell when I'm you know like not at the top of my game so it's it it tends to be when people are in rooms with us when we're working together they think that we're fighting a lot because we're yelling at each other a lot (laughs) (laughs) but it's 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 all it's all for the work I think (laughs) because Jenna comes from film uh like one of her very common early refrains was stop acting yeah stop acting so hard like you don't you, you, you can do a lot less and I come I come from I'm a very theatrical person like very gesticular <laughs> and my whole family are very loud personalities so like to be told to move less and to to do less initially to me and that this is talking years ago now even with Cupboard Man was, was like a shock to my sister I was like but it's a theatre I need to fill the room and she's like no you, no, just get them on your level and then stay on that level and I was like oh yeah that makes sense so it's been I think I think Jed is maybe a better actor uh, really single handedly she's like a one woman drama school Excellent. Oh my God. <laughs> well. Where, where do I sign up? Um, would you talk to me, Jenna, a bit about freelance stuff for you and the differences there? Because you're getting fairly prolific as a theatre director too. Um, so what is the process like for you in, in that realm where it's not your own company or not the kind of the, the partnership that you've established over such a long time with Finbar? And also specifically going in and directing plays that you haven't written. How different does it feel? Oh, it's fantastic! It's amazing. Like, cause I, I, I get to do um, so so much that I would never write, and I, I think there's there's something really freeing and something very exciting about doing something that I could never write. What Lee Coffee does, and then I was got yeah, I got to do Slice, you know, and and I could never write what Katie McCann does, and I get to do these mad haunted circus plays, you know, and that's so much fun. Like, it's yeah, so it's 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 absolutely fantastic to be able to to. Uh, go in and do something and, and live in somebody else's brain for a while, you know, um, and try and interpret and see and see where they're coming from. Um, a lot of the time I've worked with, with uh, writers who are either in the room or present, like it's it, a lot of it, it has been new writing. So I've been very close to the writers and been able to work with them closely and, and kind of, um, or else they've been actors in it as well in, in terms of like Katie or, or, or Kira Smith. Is there nothing Katie can't do? Come on. I like, mean, no, she's not. She, she, she should be stopped. She needs it's to be not stopped. fair. Yeah. It's, it's not fair. She's another drum sucker. She is. That's the first thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Genius. Um, yeah, so like it's it's really wonderful to be able to like, yeah, do do a, a, a working with Hannah Mamalis as well and doing that this kind of creepy kind of deadpan um, stuff like like. Don Hertzfeld stuff almost animation kind of on, on theatre and then like working with big elaborate farces with, with uh, Kira Smith it's just it, it's phenomenal to be able to put on all those different hats and I, I feel like when I read a script I, I it seems like I'm doing lots of different things but they do still feel like 
little bits of me you know yeah. so like I won't take on a script that I'm that my whole heart and soul isn't in you know yeah. like I, I just can't because they because nobody would want a director that 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 doesn't put their whole heart and soul into it so every script that I have read and I've done has really felt like um I owned it you know yeah. and 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 what I really like within the room and within companies whatever company I'm working with is is that the whole company should feel like they own it you know yeah and in terms of just understanding the process for for writers as well do you find that the, that those collaborations then even if you're not in it from from day one you know that you're coming in as freelance director going for hire do you find that the the, the processes of that for those relationships is something that sits then comfortably with you um yeah it's different i suppose because i'm not coming in as a writer yeah. and i'm not coming in as a dramaturg either mm. um so i will if they're asking me for notes and stuff i'll kind of push them in certain directions or I'll, i will absolutely give notes but i don't want to scupper somebody's style either you know so like and it's, it's also something that i'm not coming in and kind of putting my stamp on this and trying to make it into a script that i that I would write you know it's it's something that I need to get their perspective from and I need to glean from the script what is the best way of directing this so yeah it's kind of how I approach it I like it and talk to me about freelance work for you then because one of the main reasons Rise exists is because I was becoming an obnoxious bollocks in the rehearsal room (laughs) wanting to have more control over things that just not just being an actor for hire and I went, oh, this isn't going to work. I'm going to have to get, like, I need a release valve here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> if I keep behaving like this, I'm not going to work here. <laughs> um, so for you, is it liberating just to only have to worry about going in and doing your acting? It is great, yeah. It, it's great. Um, and it's only really the last, I, I kind of nearly worked backwards. Like, the, the, suddenly, uh, Sickle Moon, kind of having several things back to back to back, kind of allowed me to, become a little more visible on the Dublin scene yeah. uh, and that led to freelance work as opposed to the op- as opposed to the opposite way round of a journey um, yeah I mean the best thing I, the, the best thing I can say about it is just having to worry about learning my lines and showing up on time is, is a luxury you can I do don't one of those things <laughs> <laughs> very glad we moved it to 11 o'clock today um, uh, <laughs> show for you um I even brought my train of thought now. I'm so sorry. No, no, you're fine. Um, yeah, no, it's um, it is great. Yeah, it's a great thing to be able to just concentrate on on a performance and not worry about how many seats have we sold yeah. and when's the poster shoot and uh, you know what's the signal email? What's the, I didn't get that email before I went on stage. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's great. I, I I'm very fortunate. Like I, I spent eight eight years in the wilderness of unrepresented acting, and I and. Uh, Two years ago, I signed with a, a Lorraine Brennan, wonderful agent, uh, and it's been great to, to, to kind of to see what the, that is like to, 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 to kind of go to auditions mm. and meet people like that you're you've heard about for years. Do you know what I mean? Like, like and I'm, I'm I'm doing it eight years and I'm, I'm thirty now this year, and it's it still feels like I'm only kind of at chapter one. I, my, my mother always says it's like the first thing of an autobiography. It's like you're only on chapter one now, and then it goes. And like that's a great. I'm doing maybe maybe another decade before I'm at least in chapter two. <laughs> how long is the fucking book gonna be? Read out, read out, curse. I'm not no, sure. Fuck. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, I've been very lucky in the last year or two. I, I did last year. I fulfilled a dream of mine he says as a robot and I did six months of plays I did five plays back to back uh, with the the rivals uh, Birdie We Are The Monsters and then Cinderella um, 
which is four plus. <laughs> well, that's not my right. acting, not so great at counting. <laughs> you, you have no idea. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, and that was a, that was a lifelong dream of just acting straight through yeah. and not having to do anything else. Yeah. Um, so it was great. Yeah, no, I love. I mean, I don't. For me, just not, uh, in the process, there's not a huge amount of difference. But it's just about your compartmentalization yeah. of your brain. Uh, what goes where? Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, you know yourself. Yeah, yeah. you're nodding in, in um, horror agreement. Yes, absolutely. Um, talk to me then about when you know it's working. Like, what? When does it feel right? Or as you look back on stuff, even like when do you go, oh yeah, that's that that fit together well. That piece of the jigsaw came together. Is that, or is that an impossible question? Nah, it's an interesting question. Yeah. yeah, it's funny because like we. Like we, a lot of our plays, several of our plays have come from just images, mm. and like, like two or th- I think two of the three residency plays, all maybe all three of them started with the ending, the end, tableau or whatever. Like, yeah. oh, that's a very interesting way for a play to end. What? What's that? What's the route to it? And we kind of write backwards nearly, and that's mm. happened yeah. a couple of times. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think it's 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 kind of about that. So it's like when you, when you see the play or you finish finish the draft and you you feel you've justified that final image. Yeah. Like, that's working. Yeah. I, yeah, I think there's there's several kinds of um, uh, moments throughout a process where you're like, okay, it's, uh, this bit is working. And then you go forward and you're like, Ugh, and then, then then this bit is working. And, you know, so, I yeah, I think it's it, it's little moments rather than things, certainly in my experience, that, that I felt like, okay, it's all clicked and it's yeah. it's ready to go, you know. I think, I, and I think it's probably nicer to constantly be refining and and making things better you know I, I don't think you can achieve perfection and i think i don't think we should be striving for that either yeah. you know that's the best thing about theater is that every yeah every day it's a different kind of perfect yeah or yeah. you know garbage <laughs> <laughs> um, well, i suppose because in a way once that final edit is locked on a, on a short or a film it, it is what it is and that stands for a yeah. time yeah yeah. Whereas, as you say, every night on stage, you know, depending on the audience, laughing here or laughing longer there, or it's someone, you know, coming in a little bit hotter at the top of the scene. It's yeah. Awesome. yeah, it's really weird. Like, I'm currently uh, in pre production for a short that I'm doing uh, with the IFB and I'm shooting in April. And uh, we've been working on it for about a year now. Um, and the weird thing about going back to film is that you kind of have to make the film on paper in so many different ways right before you shoot it. Mm-hmm. And you only have one day of rehearsals. And that's. A luxury as well for four minutes of, of screen time you know and it's and it 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 has to be perfect and you have to have the answer for everything I, I more and more I'm finding that as a director for theater you have three tools which is yes no and I don't know let's see but with film I feel like it's yes and no because you don't have enough time to see yeah. well, that's really interesting because the difference in the process yeah and um, can we talk for a moment about Trist and how much I adored it and hated it at the same time <laughs> adoring it because it was fucking awesome and hating it because you bastards made it before I got a chance to you're very kind so angry leaving that <laughs> so angry at how much I loved it we appreciate um, your anger so much <laughs> um, talk to me about how it came about talk to me a little bit about the show because I just adore it. I'm just delighted that people are going to get a chance to see it again we're so excited to put it on again yeah. and, and we're collaborating with Davy Kelleher who is just a god yeah. um, and he's he's producing it and um, we're so happy to, to bring back the same cast and uh, and and to go to project with it you yeah know? it's a big it's a big step for us like it's 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 a, a and an honor like it's a massive personal step to produce one of our own shows in the project like yeah. that's 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 a, if you told me that 10 years ago I would like oh I'd have a company and I'll be doing shows in the project that sounds like you're that's making amazing. it yeah. you yeah. know that yeah. sounds good yeah. um, no it's 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 
where does the idea come from? The idea just came from uh, what is in, in our sad millennial generation who are also very liberal and freewheeling. What happens when, what's the out the middle thing? When the birds come home to roost? Yeah. Yeah, mm. it's just what happens when stuff goes wrong very badly and what's the worst possible scenario you could think of that's also something you all did thinking it was gas. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's not like you made a mistake. It's like, oh, it was gas. Yeah. yeah. And and yes, we're all fucked now yeah. because yeah. of it, you know? Yeah. It, it, we're we're uh, very interested in kind of, uh, in sexual politics and, and, and how people interact and, and connections and uh, relationships. So uh, what we wanted to do was, was put a relationship on stage and strip it back. Yeah. And uh, not only a relationship with a friendship as well, because there, not a lot of, you don't see it as often um, in, in the, the kind of realm of uh, pop culture of a, a break of a, of a friendship, yeah. you know, and I think that's it could be sometimes just as as hard as a breakup of a relationship. So, so the disintegration of these two uh, things that have kind of been amalgamated through a a threesome, like a drunken threesome, is kind of what we wanted to do. We wanted to put people into a cooker and turn up the heat. Basically. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's the, that's the common thread with all of our most of our own work that we write together. Like the the four of our plays are single scene, real time. Yeah, you know pressure cookers yeah and like I think that those are that, that's my favourite type of play is to just see yeah see people reckoning live with stuff that's happening to them yeah uh, and it's just it's a lot of fun to, to watch that and so I think that's been a huge kind of concept or a huge driving force for us is just letting stuff happen and uh, putting so characters to their places yeah and kind of to, uh, like the, the, the play essentially um, we wanted to write it so that there was no right answer nobody was right or wrong yeah. and and it was very important to us that you couldn't follow one that you could follow any of them and you would be right you know yeah. so uh, you know we, we wanted that all perspectives could be taken and during rehearsals uh, last time um, the, the the cast we they got into an argument over who was kind of who was right and who was actually right and uh, I had to stop them because I was like if we figure figure this out then that's a plot hole in the script yeah. you know and, and <laughs> as as far as I'm concerned, I don't think we figured it out. I think it is. It is. It should stand that everybody's right, everybody's wrong. Yeah, you know? well, that's and, the yeah. joy of it. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. that's that's our intent. Our intent is to yes. leave audiences arguing. In, 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 yeah, arguing. Yes, but also just it is, and that is what I was talking about the other day. Like that, theatre is about generating empathy between actors and actors, and audience and actors, and audience and audience. And it's like it's just even if you know these people made horrendous mistakes or did things that look objectively bad that you still get to the nub of oh, I can see why they why did that, that and happen. I can see yeah. how that would that would lead you down that path yeah. I could see how I could do it mm. yeah because yeah. well, the, the baddies never know they're the baddies exactly, exactly. yeah 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 exactly. I mean that's like that's kind of like writing one on one I suppose on some level yeah. but it's, it's it's um I think it's an important thing to strive for at all times is mm. to kind of keep your keep the realities grounded and stuff we kind of got a, kind of got off track on what Trish was about, but yeah, <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, yeah. And it's about it's, a, it's about three friends falling apart. Uh, three, two, three people, two of whom are in a romantic relationship, and three of whom are in a platonic friendship, uh, collapsing and melting and trying to salvage their own skin. Yeah. At the cost of everybody else. Yeah, it's about selfishness, but understandable, and and relatable, mm. and quite sad. Hopefully. 
self-destructive selfishness. Mm. <laughs> Does that make sense? That's very good. It's not the first time you guys have remounted a show, or is it? No, it's not. You've had stuff come back before. Uh, yes, yeah, so we, we worked um, uh, with uh, Katie McCann and her um, uh, production company, Illustrated Productions. We did co-production with them, um, and it was uh, called Cirque du Rev. Yes. Um, which again was, was amazing. It was our haunted circus, yes. um, and we brought that uh, to Smock, and then it came back to Smock, and then we brought it to uh, Beulies yes. as well, which was which yeah. was so much fun. Three runs of that show. That that show was an absolute feckin' joy. Yeah, and I, I think it's the, the four of us again hugely a very hugely collaborative process that the the, the five of us and Owen and the guys who made the music uh, uh, kind of built that play from the ground up, mm. uh, and then Katie kind of wove it all together and into a wonderful wonderful piece of writing. Yeah. Um. So yeah, yeah. That was that was. What were we talking about? Yeah, that was great. We brought that back. <laughs> yes, that was revived. Yes, yeah, so, but I'm thinking in terms of, like you say, the, the benchmark of project, which rises yet to hit, but that benchmark of project is, I think for us in kind of the independent end of the theatre sector, that's kind of the ambition. So for Absolutely. you guys now, as you say, looking at us, going, if someone had told you that all those years ago, you'd have your own company trying to get this kind of stuff, get with this kind of response, publish, playwright, do a certain project. <laughs> It's kind of all right, isn't it? That's it's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what what is success for you guys? What what when what do you look at and go, or even in ten or fifteen years from now, what will make you go, yeah, I'm 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 I'm, I'm content in it, or I'm, I feel like I'm making it. Yeah, I I think for me it's it's a constant. Um, I'm constantly looking for connection with the audience. So if 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 one person in the audience sees the playing as like, oh shit, that's me, then I've achieved something, you know. And 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 then we've we've kind of, uh, I I would consider that success, you know. Wh- wherever the play is, or or wherever wherever the film is screening, I think, um, that kind of true connection with an audience and and finding the humanity in 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 those pieces is is really important to me. Loads of money. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, essentially. You walked away from law to acting and you're looking for loads of money. Don't you, <laughs> yeah. don't, you sit, don't you sit in front of me with yeah. that. I've had so many, I've had so Bad many friends like, say to me, like, if, uh, you know, why did you, you know, you know, do you not want to do something with more money? Like, if you're, if you're doing it for the money, you're in the wrong game. Uh, no, it is exactly uh, kind of what Jenna said. It is, it is about making work you know, and being just being in a position to make work at all, we're very yeah, fortunate, yeah, you know, exactly. and to have people respond to that work in the way that has allowed us to continue making work. Yeah. As we are extremely fortunate uh, to have had those opportunities. Um, yeah, it's it it is kind of doing what we're doing. It's I mean, yeah. it is gig to gig, it is day to day, it is what it is. Uh, we're never gonna buy a house or anything like that oh my no <laughs> um, we'll build a house out of copies of our books and unsold copies and a pile of unsold manuscripts <laughs> yeah, yeah, and unfinished manuscripts notebooks I'm sure you're the same as a writer like the amount of fucking notebooks I notebooks. have I can make a little hot out of notebooks absolutely yeah yeah. yeah. So, I think it's yeah it, it, it's this we got to be on on the Rise podcast yeah so man I think, we've yeah, made it this, we've made it this, this, this is, is it good uh, tell me when can people go and look at your magical play the cheat sheet shut up Fimmer <laughs> uh, we're on from the 3rd to the 14th of April in Excellent. Project Cube um, the show it starts at 7.45 okay. so that's a thing that we need to you know, 7.45 it's, it's yes. an hour and 10-15 minutes long you'll be on the streets by 9pm and in the pub by 9.04 and in the pub by 9.04 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah or upstairs in the project by 9.01 
dot three six. We, we'll have to time that, but yes, we'll, have, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll come, come back, back to the yeah, yeah we'll, we'll amend that. <laughs> um, and while it is very exciting that Trist is having this life, uh, part of me can only think, wow, wouldn't it be great if Trist could come back as a movie? If only we had a movie director in our presence. Oh my God, he's right. <laughs> that's a that's a very good point. I'd love to make a film out of Trist. I really would. Yeah, and and actually we had considered uh, making a, actually a. Um, a short series out of it, oh, so yeah. four four episodes, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think actually it would work as four episodes, um, like a mini series, yeah. um, which would be very interesting because we could we could do it before the incident, and then we could have flashbacks. I think we what what we don't have in 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 the plays is kind of flashbacks, and yeah. that might work on film. And yeah, I would I would love to. It could to work on stage it. too if we were. No, it if would. We were yes, Arthur of Miller. <laughs> <laughs> Biff, Biff, my boy. <laughs> but we we're not. That, yeah. So no. we like to stick in the present tense because we're not very good. <laughs> coming in I love you both as you know I think you're both spectacular I'm dying to see Trist again um, please keep making loads of really really great work because I want to keep coming and looking at it uh, thank you so thank much, you so much I really thank appreciate you. it you're a legend so there you have it a fantastic chat with Finbar and Jed really lovely to hang out with them they're two of my mates and I love them deeply but I also happen to be a massive fan as well I think it's a really interesting insight into I guess the mechanics of how that partnership works and the different aspects and skill sets and uh, I just hope that's a partnership that can continues to flourish and grow and they keep making incredible plays that I wish I had already made myself but they just beat me to it and so that brings us to our weekly roundup of theatrical goings on around the country at the Abbey Theatre our national theatre we have the Unmanageable Sisters uh, we also have at the Gate Theatre Look Back in Anger and of course at the weekends Late at the Gate with Emma Kirwan do check the listings there because I think it's a little bit different around Patrick's Day for Kirwan um, and you wouldn't want to miss it at the Gaiety Theatre they have Hedda Gabler and that is followed by Thriller Live. At the board, gosh, they are continuing with Legally Blonde. Uh, at the Mermaid Theatre out in Bray, they have Someone Who'll Watch Over Me from the brilliant Frank McGuinness. Um, and Theatre Upstairs, coming down the tracks there, is Lyrics with the great Danny Galligan and Tom Moran, which I'm very excited to see. Uh, at the new theatre in Temple Bar, they have Desire by Peter Reed. And then over at Smock Alley Theatre, they have Bump from Bump and Grind Theatre Company. And as the great Or Kelly once said, I don't see nothing wrong with a little bump and grind um, that of course will be followed up there by Diary of a Martian Beekeeper and Dharma Nafulla uh, heading out to Tala at the Civic they have Half Light featuring Fionn Foley and Juliet Crosby who is absolutely fantastic I love what Juliet does and I will be going out to catch that myself and then the big thing going on at the moment at the complex the all conquering This Is Pop Baby has Where We Live which is a whole series and a sequence of shows and talks and discussions and film screens and Q&As and all that great mad mix of stuff that only This Is Pop Baby can do. What I'm really looking forward to there is Money, which is a brand new piece from the awesome Peter Daly, our very first ever guest on this podcast, would you believe, back in the day. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to catching that show. As we head out to the coast in Clontarf, they have Holy Mary there, starring Mary Murray and Mae Fitzgerald, and directed by my pal and longtime collaborator, the great Aoife Balan hinks also a former guest on Series 1 of the podcast. Um, out in Cornell's Court at the Dolman Theatre, they have Goodnight Delia by John Murphy. Dolman is a place that we'll be coming to on this upcoming tour of The Good Father, so really looking to get out there for what's going to be the first time for us here at Rise. I've uh, been hearing an awful lot of great things about what's going on 
the Dolmen and really looking forward to get out and experiencing it firsthand. That Bewley's Cafe Theatre, where you will see me this weekend because I'm going to go and catch this show. Uh, they have Peep, directed by the brilliant Gavin Costick. And then down back to Temple Bar at the project, they have Shackleton. And then as we had outside the capital, out west in Galway at the Town Hall, they have coming up very soon is Grief is the Thing with Feathers, starring Hollywood A-lister Killian Murphy, right on our doorstep, lads. Uh, so do go and check that out if you are out west or if you're indeed just looking for a day trip. Um, at the Lime Tree Theatre in Limerick, they have Druid's Gotto, which I believe might be sold out, but it's always worth checking in for returns. Um, and also they have Punt up at the Bell Table in Limerick. And then as we look north to the Lyric in Belfast, they have Horses and they also have How to Catch a Star. So that is us. That is episode 18 in the books. Man, this is all ticking over very quickly. This whole season is, uh, is keeping on going. Uh, we will, of course, be back next week for another chat with one of Ireland's leading theatre makers. But in the meantime, this has been the Rise Productions Irish Theatre Podcast. For Angus Og McAnally, I'm still Angus Og McAnally. We'll see you next week. Bye.